0: Welcome to the 49ers Camelot Show. I am excited to have my guest, Brian Peacock, that I've been listening to for a long time. One of the OGs of 49ers uh, podcasts and things like that. Brian, welcome. Thanks for joining us.
1: Yeah, you bet. Thanks for the invite, Mark. It's Always excited to talk 49ers.
0: Yeah, so back in the day, before you started doing Locked On, You were, because right now you do Locked On 49ers, and then don't you do another Locked On podcast?
1: Yeah, uh, I did do Locked On NFL. Then they took myself and my co-host, Matt Williamson, uh, off of Locked On NFL, and they wanted to go a different direction with Locked On NFL. They gave us our own show called the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. So still on this Locked On network twice a day, doing one show with Williamson uh, about the entire league, and then Locked On 49ers as well.
0: That's cool but I remember you and Nick Winkler back in the day on the gold faithful podcast. And that was, uh, that was a lot of fun. I, I really enjoyed. And then I remember you started with, uh, was it like 2017? You started with the, uh, locked on 49ers.
1: Yeah, it's been uh, six year over six years now. And it was right about the same week that Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch were hired. I think, you know, okay. right around that same time as when I started, with locked on 49ers and it was kind of a crazy idea from david Locke. that's why it's called locked on david Locke is the play-by-play voice for the utah jazz radio mm-hmm. and he started doing locked on jazz and it was like this is cool so he recruited friends in the nba side and did the nba side of the network and all had locked on shows and then did the nfl side of things and uh, i came on in january of 2017 and was like wow okay i'm gonna start doing a daily podcast in the offseason, let's see how this goes. Right. And I geek out on the draft anyway, so that wasn't very difficult. You know, this is the dead period of the off season, but man, there's always plenty of stuff to talk about. And the, the Niners have, have given us uh, so much, especially with the quarterback position the last couple of years.
0: Yeah, they are the, the franchise that keeps on giving for sure. But I you know, wanted to tell you this because back when you started the Locked On 49ers podcast, and this was the daily thing, like you mentioned, and about that time a friend of mine had uh, had a, uh, a something happen physically that put him in a coma and i he ended up passing away and i during this time had to drive about an hour every day to go see him and this was right at the time that you were starting and so it really helped me uh, kind of get my my head out of, you know, this is bad. This is terrible. He's got a wife and two kids, and so I just wanted you to know that because you're not doing just football talk. You're doing things that sometimes will help people get away from their real life and the stresses of that. So I just wanted to let you know that.
1: Yeah, I appreciate that, Mark. It's an amazing story. It, it, you you'd be surprised how many times I hear things like that from people that have different things going on. They're like, appreciate you being there every single day for us. And that's our thing at locked on. It's your team every day. And, you know, we try to read and and I, sometimes we, we can't quite get it done scheduling wise, but we always try to record uh, in the evening so we can have that podcast up first thing in the morning. When you get up, you know, it's there, you can go to work, whatever it is that, that you're doing. Um, usually you can find it that evening, you know, before on, on YouTube, we posted up there first and premiered it there, but, um, you know originally we weren't even in the YouTube game it was just all audio and yeah uh, yeah I hear so many stories from from different people and it, it's always awesome to to know because you never really know you see the numbers you know that there's a lot of people listening you don't know exactly mm-hmm. where they're from it always blows me away uh how important it is and how quickly if there's not an episode up people are like hey everything all right what's going on there's no episode right now it's like hold on we're gonna get one <laughs> up at lunchtime, time you know we we're traveling or whatever um and then all over the world man we we hear from listeners in brazil and mexico wow. and australia and uh in fact it's funny i was just looking at the peacock and williamson listens and downloads and the fourth i think it's the fourth or fifth most popular city that listens to peacock and williamson is sydney australia
0: wow like, it's
1: impossible it's like pittsburgh um la san francisco and sydney australia then seattle or something like that you it, know was-
0: why it is it's because of that guy that they, that they had uh, remember? Uh, Jared
1: Hane, the Hane plane. Yeah,
0: right. It's because he, of him. That's why his, uh,
1: his off field stuff has been pretty, pretty wild since he was with the 49ers. Not yeah, not, yeah. not in a good way either, but yeah, right. really the, the hype around the Hane, the Hane plane. And uh, yeah. And, and there's a, you know, there's already, you know, the 49ers are a global team too. So that's really cool. Right, yeah. it, it is a really big audience. And so lucky to be able to cover a team that's as popular as the
0: 49ers. hmm well, let's jump in and talk about the team because they're two weeks away from starting training camp. Rookies report next week, which is different because they're they're coming in about a week early. And I don't know that Kyle Shanahan's done that before, but uh, that's kind of interesting that they're doing. Let's go back to the offseason, though. Did they make any moves that you think were either under the radar good or under the radar bad? Anything that, that uh, jumped out to you in that way?
1: i think the under the radar stuff is the defensive line and um obviously hargrave wasn't under the radar that, that was a huge move and they're saying look we, we can't really count on javon kinlaw and we want to be awesome there and so let's go be awesome let's get the best guy that there is And we saw how good he was firsthand and so they want to make a difference up front on their defensive line that's going to be the thing with kyle and john when as long as they're in charge they set it from day one and, and they've been about it they live that life uh every offseason and have tried to be as good as they can there um but you know and there's some stars there and there's a lot of money invested in that position a whole bunch more money coming for nick bosa but it's the depth that the 49ers uh need to be able to develop and you know it starts with whoever starts on the other side is it drake jackson is he going to step up and have a big year of course that's huge and uh, I fully expect him to have a better year, kind of hit the rookie wall. He's coming in a little stronger in 2023. So that's super important. Um, but it's the rest of the depth and, and the guys behind them. And, you know, Cleland Farrell and uh, Robert Beal, the draft pick in the fifth round. And, you know, can Chris Kocerec keep working his magic with that wide nine scheme and, and get the best out of guys? Because we've so many, seen so many players come through and play their best football with the 49ers. So as long as they keep that pipeline going and you know, it's okay if Cleveland Farrell after his one year deal and look, if I'm a free agent, that kind of doesn't know what to do with his career and take the next step. I'm going to the 49ers yeah. and we'll get that deal after the one year deal with the Niners and get paid somewhere else. We've seen it so many times now with 49ers players. So we'll see if that continues. Um, and I think they will be okay, but you know, there, there's a lack of depth on both lines. That could be the thing that hurts this football team. when you have star players like Bosa and Trent Williams, all of a sudden Mm -hmm. those guys get banged up and look, they both have an injury history. Then that depth has to step up. And and so I I think depth on both lines is probably the one thing where I look at this team's like, I, I think they're good, but that can become not good real quick.
0: Yeah. You mentioned Javon Hargrave, obviously not an under the radar signing, but it was a surprise signing. That, uh, that first day of uh, a free agency, they also signed someone else that I wasn't expecting that they would sign, and that was Sam Darnold, the quarterback. I think, you know, you, you guys talk about uh, at Locked On being an everydayer. I, I really am not an everydayer. I listen to y'all a lot, but I try to listen to a lot of different people, and so I'm not there every day. But I kind of feel like I remember you being really – uh, not excited about the Sam Darnold signing. Was that right? No, not really. It's okay. I, I,
1: the, the money they get, like Sam Darnold for three and a half million base, is, is fine. That, that's, you know, whatever that's smart. And the Niners want to have themselves covered because of, um, you know, whatever injury that could happen in, in both their quarterbacks, you know, were recovering from injury at the time of that signing. So I totally get that. The thing I've had a big problem with and it's almost been kind of comical and we've made fun of a little bit on the podcast, Is just how the national media has taken that Sam Darnold signing. And look, there is some guarantees built in similar to what we saw with Jimmy Garoppolo last year, where it's like, you know, and and for Sam Darnold, three and a half million, that's less than he should be able to get on the open market. You know, a young, still very talented physically guy with NFL experience. You see those guys get $10 million a year. And and he does have the rest of that uh, in incentives. If he ends up playing a lot, he'll get paid more and more like one of those high end backups. And that's where he should be, is is in the high-end backup territory in the NFL. Mm -hmm. So he's actually cheaper than that if he doesn't play for the 49ers. So the signing is fine. But when I'm hearing Schefter and Albert Breer and everybody, "Yeah, watch out for Sam Darnold. I'm like, dude, we've we've been watching out for Sam Darnold for 55 games, and he's turning the ball over more than he's scoring touchdowns, right? And and if 49ers fans didn't like Jimmy Garoppolo turning the ball over, I don't see how uh, they're going to (laughs) like Sam Darnold anymore and like he's got some arm talent and there's the famous Mayoko quote where he said uh might be the most talented thrower and I totally I know exactly what Mayoko was saying but I knew he was gonna get crushed as soon as I saw that quote (laughs) because he's a pretty good thrower but he's not like some amazing he doesn't have some amazing arm talent but he's a pretty good thrower and I I get what he's saying and you know it's not like the best quarterback in 49ers history Joe Montana was known because of his cannon of an arm um but like we've seen who sam Darnold is and i don't know why anybody would expect more and i don't know why national media after four ota practices would be like oh sam Darnold's probably the guy it's like what are you what are you talking about what 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 is that it doesn't make any sense so um and it's funny because the latest from aoko is like well actually the 49ers like sam Darnold, or i mean like trey lance as much or more as they ever did before you know right. which is the exact opposite of what the national media is saying there and so i think a lot of times we saw this with the Mac Jones stuff before the draft. It's a big mm-hmm. game of telephone and there might be one little kernel of truth somewhere. And then all the reporters here, everybody keeps saying this thing and it just becomes a, uh, Oh, the feeling I get is that, Oh, they love Sam Darnold, He's going to be the starter. If Brock Purdy can't play. And I just don't think that that's it. I think he's break glass in case of emergency. He's an insurance policy for the 49ers. And um, I-, I would be, you know, unless Trey falls on his face and we've already, the only evidence we have is what we've seen in in spring practices. And Trey Lance got the first snaps with the first team. And Mm -hmm. Sam Darnold got some. And if anything, I would think he got too many because I think they should be doing everything they can to get every rep for Trey Lance. Yeah, Trey Lance was still taking the first first team reps in the first practices in the spring. And it'll be the same in training camp. And he'll get the first snap of the first game in the preseason as long as he's healthy. So to me, Trey Lance is leading that. and, And Sam Darnold's just breaking case of emergency because of the injury history with the 49ers quarterbacks.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. I, I think that they, they really don't know what they have in Trey Lance. There was the rookie season. There was the Bears game that uh, I don't know how anybody performs well in that game. And then he got hurt the next week. So do you think that they still believe in Trey Lance? Do you think that what Mayoko said is in line with how they're really feeling? Or, you know, you have... Ian Rappaport saying that that he ex, he thinks that they might trade Trey in August at some point. So where are you at on this? Are they, are they still believing in him?
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think there's a few different angles to this because it still might be the best move for your team to trade Trey Lance. Uh, I would be surprised if a team came with whatever offer the 49ers would be willing to accept. And I think that's probably why he's still on the roster because once they decided, well, we like Brock Purdy the most and he's probably going to be the starter – And then they had their backup in, in Sam Darnold signed. I'm sure they were willing to take calls and they pretty much said they were willing to take Mm -hmm. calls during the draft. But I think, you know, knowing the 49ers that there was reports that they were turning down day two picks for Nick Mullins at one point, right. And CJ Beathard, we got three starting quarterbacks, right. (laughs) Uh, Which is the thing that Kyle Shanahan loves to say. I mean, that's insanity if they were really turning down Mm -hmm. those offers for those guys back then. And it's the same story now for trey lance they're probably you know the texans probably came calling they're like hey you know what's going on here maybe we'll draft will anderson it too and maybe we'll trade for trey lance what do you guys want and they are be like oh we want pick number 12 and plus another thing in another year and they're like oh never mind okay we'll just go draft <laughs> like yeah we'll maybe our second round pick so i have a feeling if there was any trade talks the niners would just wanted a lot more than any teams were willing to give and we'll see if that changes if brock purdy's healthy and they're Comfortable with Sam Darnold as the backup if another team comes calling, if, if anything's changed there. Um, and the 49ers might at some point, because to me, it's 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 an unnecessary distraction,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, with everything going on. like the the story just doesn't need. we uh, George Kittle you know, makes fun of it every time he keeps getting asked about the quarterbacks and he hates getting asked about the quarterbacks, right? Like, <laughs> at some point it's like, dude, so if if Trey's not your guy and someone gives you a good offer, let the young man play somewhere. Yeah. That's what he he has to play or he's going to have no NFL career, whether it's for the 49ers or anybody else. And if you got your guy and he's healthy and you're comfortable with the backups, you're comfortable with Brandon Allen, number three, which I think would be a, a fine one, two, three for the 49ers. If Brock Purdy is healthy, then yeah, let's, uh, let's trade Trey Lance let him be himself somewhere else. He deserves a fresh start and no more distractions. Everybody in the world knows what the pecking order is and no more questions about it. No infighting in the locker room. Everybody knows it's done.
0: Right. Well, but that does bring up another question. Since we're talking about the quarterbacks, the, you know, the 49ers seem to be in the camp that they're, it sounds like they're hopeful. They're not saying Brock Purdy will be ready week one, but it sounds like they're really hopeful and kind of counting on that to happen. I'm, I'm concerned that he's not going to be ready week one. And I'm also concerned that the NFL is NFL history is littered with quarterbacks that looked great for a small period of time and then disappeared. I hope that Brock Purdy's not in that camp. I I like his makeup, and I think that he has what it takes to be really good. But do you think he's going to be ready week one? And where do you stand on this this Purdy train? Do we just keep riding it until we know for sure that he's the guy? Or do you have some concern that maybe he uh, won't be the franchise quarterback?
1: Yeah, and really we just saw it with – with Jimmy Garoppolo, and he was a good quarterback, but maybe he wasn't quite as amazing as what it looked like he was going to be when he came in for five games. 49ers couldn't win a game in 2017, they were an awful, worst team in the league. And all of a sudden, Jimmy Garoppolo comes in, it's like, oh, this is easy. Here's what you do at quarterback. No, one, two, not open, three, boom, throw the ball. It was like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, this is NFL quarterback. Wow, this is amazing. And he's like, oh, imagine when he gets a full off season with Shanahan. What that's going to look like. It's going to get better, better. And it's like injuries, you know, okay, not a full off season here. Didn't get better. And it's kind of never really better than what we saw then. And that could absolutely happen with Brock Purdy. You know, Brock Purdy was the, the last pick in the draft for a reason. And he was a really nice story. And he played awesome. He played the best quarterback that I've seen under Kyle Shanahan. So there's a mm-hmm. lot of reasons to be excited. But we still don't really even know what Brock Purdy is going to be and when teams and what's is he going to adjust to the adjustments when teams watch him. It's like, okay, we can beat him here, we can do this to him, and let's see what happens now. Um, and the 49ers have so many playmakers that you know Trey Lance hasn't had a chance to even play with, even in the, the times he did play. He's yeah, one no game with Kittle, no game right. with Christian McCaffrey. Um, so and it's the 49ers would be smart if they're going to keep Trey Lance to not push. And this is the, so. There's the, there's the the scenario I just talked about. You trade Trey Lance, no distractions, let's go, you know, ho-hum. And then the other scenario, which I think is more fun for everybody to talk about, which is kind of the scenario I want to see just because of the Trey Lance thing, and I want to see this through a little bit more, is don't push Brock Purdy. If he's looks like he's going to be cleared right before week one, don't just throw him out there even if you put him on the uh you know the uh the short term IR the the pup list or whatever it is and have him sit for a few more weeks make sure he's 100% make sure he gets practices in under his belt let Trey play for 4 weeks get a nice mm-hmm. little chunk of film on Trey Lance yeah. see what that looks like and then now you kind of know and then if you don't love it you go to Brock and if these and then if Trey's playing amazing that raises the the ceiling of your mm-hmm. of your team and then who knows maybe you trade Brock Purdy and you get a lot for him so then um, maybe not now, but maybe next offseason or something like that. But
0: um, they, yeah, they, I, I, they, they I agree with that form. as well. Go ahead.
1: Uh, sorry, I just, make an informed decision on Trey Lance. I can't imagine going, mm-hmm. you know, moving mountains to go get a quarterback like Trey Lance with his talent, and then be like, oh, we don't really, who knows? Let's go this other way. I, that just seems insane to me.
0: Yeah, I th- I think that I if they if Trey Lance is a bust, it's way too soon to say that. And I argue with people probably more than I should when it comes to that. But I just think it's way too soon. But let's say that he is. I think that Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch survive that as long as Brock Purdy is is Brock Purdy, you know, the one that we want. But if they trade him and he becomes a superstar, I don't know that Lynch and Shanahan survive that, especially if Brock Purdy doesn't become who they want uh, so that would be my concern. That's why I don't think that they're going to trade him. Now, I, they've surprised me many times, but I just, I don't see that happening, but
1: it uh, has a pretty big salary. So it's going to be more difficult now for a team to trade. Now, that the offseason is over to fit his salary in. Uh, and so yeah. that makes it even more difficult. And, and, you know, I'm sure Kyle has PTSD about having no healthy quarterbacks left over. So he'd probably <laughs> like to have all of them unless they get some great offer. So I think, I still think it's, most likely he does not get traded and they end up just cutting Brandon Allen at the end of camp or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um and, and Brandon Allen deserves to be a number 2 or number 3 somewhere anyway. So he's probably yeah. not going to want to sign back. We're not going to see him right. back on the practice squad. So one of those four guys is not going to be around I think uh for the regular season. And but everyone has to be healthy first into the season. We haven't even started camp yet. So who knows what that's going to that's going to look like. But yeah, uh, I agree with you there with with Trey Lance and um it's you, you got to see it through you got to know what you have in Trey Lance and who like <laughs> I, I, whoever has done that like let's say Trey Lance is awful and he's a complete bust how insane is it the 49ers are still going to NFC championship games and and there's not even a question i don't think John Lynch or Kyle Shanahan's job is remotely warm they're they're not even close to the hot seat mm-hmm. even you trade, you spend three first-round picks. I always got to be careful the way I, I phrase that. People get mad at you. <laughs> no. you train, three first round they spent three first-round picks on All Trey right. Lance. If you do that and you go up and get a quarterback and he's a bust, everybody gets fired. And the Niners aren't remotely close to that. But you, you mentioned the disaster scenario, the trade Lance. He gets good somewhere else and is actually better than, uh, than than Brock Purdy ends up being for the 49ers.
0: Yeah, and I think that you you bring up a good point in, in the – who has ever spent what they spent to get Trey Lance drafted a quarterback that high and then moved on from him without really knowing what he can become. Now people say, well, they see him in practice every day, so they know what he is. I don't know. I mean, they they didn't know that Brock Purdy was Brock Purdy at, at that point, you know, uh, before he played Jeff Garcia, for example, was a terrible practice player, but he was a gamer. So maybe Kyle Shanahan does know, but to me, it just seems like, gosh, why would you trade away a player that you really haven't even given a chance to after you spent everything you spent?
1: And if he's raw, of course he's raw and they knew he was raw. So that's to be expected. Exactly. So that's not even enough of it. To me, if there's something happening that maybe we don't know, that we don't see that maybe even the reporters don't see that are, our- At practice at training camp all the time. Um, there'd be more evidence if he was awful. I I think the other thing is like if there's something we don't know off the field, is he like you know, developed a drug problem or something crazy? Like, I'm not (laughs) saying that that's even remotely. What weird thing, like maybe he just doesn't have the work ethic that they thought. Because I think part of why they like Trey Lance was they like the person. They thought he was smart, tough, uh, was gonna work his butt off. He was, you know. Uh, acted like a pro at such a young age maybe that got derailed somewhere maybe he's doing weird things and maybe he's just not picking up you know if there's stuff that we don't know mm-hmm. personally about trey lance that we find out later uh, i always bring up the raiders and jamarcus russell you know drinking the the purple the purple drink the the scissor <laughs> and he's you know which is essentially cough medicine and sprite put together i think is what it is and he was like drinking that in his car on the way to practice and they gave him a they gave him a, a tape to watch one time as homework and he came back to practice and they asked him about the tape. And he's like, Oh yeah, good stuff on there. And the tape was blank that they gave. Him. He didn't, oh, even no. know if they didn't look at it. You know, like, <laughs> is there something crazy like that going on behind the scenes with yeah. training? He's just not putting in the work. He's not the guy they thought he was. Then I would understand where they'd be like, yeah, he's, he's not the guy. And maybe that's the case, but uh, everything we know about him, that that shouldn't be the case. So, uh, you How could you possibly draw a conclusion about Trey Lance, whether he's good or a bust? Because there's no reason to draw that Mm -hmm. conclusion. We don't have enough evidence.
0: Yeah. Well, considering the quarterback situation, do you think this team is as good right now as the Eagles are? Are, are? Are they right there with them? Or do you think they've passed them? Or is this team even as good as they were entering the NFC championship game?
1: Yeah, I think the 49ers are better now. And the Eagles are worse now than when they played in the NFC Championship game. And I think that was going to be a really good, really close game if Brock Purdy didn't get hurt. So as long as Brock Purdy's healthy, or even if it's Trey Lance all year and we get to see his development all year long, if, you know, God forbid something happens to um, to Brock Purdy. And look, even if it's Sam Darnold, you know, I, I crush Sam Darnold sometimes because uh, he hasn't been a good NFL player. But I, I, you sh- I, I also would expect that under Kyle Shanahan, he would have his best seasons. And, and how oh, yeah. good would that be? I have no idea. But the best ver- version of Sam Darnold could be with the 49ers, too. And uh, maybe that's close to what we saw with Jimmy Garoppolo anyway. You know, a few too many turnovers, but maybe makes a few bigger plays and, um, you know, hopefully sees fewer ghosts than he has because that's kind of the problem with Sam Darnold is just mm-hmm. have a clear picture. And, and Kyle Shanahan muddies up the picture more than anybody. So if he's got a problem with going to play action, turning his back on the field, and the picture changes, yeah. you know, that that's a death sentence for a quarterback. And so that's why I'm not super excited about what Sam Darnold's gonna be with the 49ers. But he could be the better version of himself and might be like Geno Smith and take him a little while. And maybe he just needs to sit too for a couple of years, and maybe he'll become that in three years for the 49ers. Who knows? But um when it uh I, I forgot what I was even talking about now, but um
0: we, <laughs> where they, they where they are versus oh yeah, versus where the versus Eagles. Eagles are. So
1: with the the Eagles lost both offensive and defensive coordinators and lost their best defensive linemen. So they're still a really talented team, and they're going to be really good. But the 49ers got better. 49ers stole one of their best defensive linemen away. And as long as the 49ers have a good quarterback, uh, I, I think the 49ers are right there with them, and it'll be, a, it'll be another fun matchup with the Eagles and the Niners. And I think they're the two best teams still in the NFC, and I think the Cowboys are third, and I think there's some really – uh, interesting teams and uh, wide open really after the top three teams in the NFC. Uh, but when it comes to the Niners and Eagles, I think they're both really good. And I think if anything, the Niners got a little bit better and the the Eagles got a little bit worse as long as everyone's healthy.
0: What about the Seahawks? There was uh, somebody, I don't even can't even think of who it was. I'm thinking somebody on ESPN recently said, I think the Seahawks are better than the 49ers and they'll win the NFC West. I don't see that happening yet, maybe in an, another year or two, but
1: yeah, I don't, a lot of people say a lot of things, especially on certain networks and you know, I don't <laughs> want to talk smack about other people's networks and, uh, but there's some talking heads and they like it when someone says something ridiculous like that. And I mean, just <laughs> like there's no evidence, you know, there's no evidence whether Trey's good or bad. So if you're calling him a bust, where's the evidence? If you're saying he's amazing, where's the evidence for that? We don't have it. Where's the evidence that the, the Seahawks are better than the 49ers? Well, it sure wasn't when the 49ers played the Seahawks most recently, <laughs> right? There sure isn't the roster on paper. So yeah. how are they better? I don't know. It doesn't even make sense. It's not even, it's not even worth talking about to me and, and we'll see. Maybe the you know, Seahawks have a lot of young talent. I like the way they're going. And first half of the season was much better for Gino than the second half of the year. Which one is he that shows up? If he's mm-hmm. like the second half of the year, Gino, maybe he's more like the Gino we all expected last year anyway. And they're looking for a new quarterback eventually very soon. Um, but who knows maybe he plays a lot more like the 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 early season Gino last year. Jackson Smith and was a beast in the slot for them and you know uh, some of the defenders that they've drafted a lot of the, the good young players that they've drafted all develop and and take another step and they could be a better football team but that's a lot of projection right now. Yeah. And and, and we'll see it.
0: So what do you think the 49ers need to do in 2023 to improve from 2022?
1: uh they i think they should improve from stability at quarterback if brock Purdy is healthy and he's the guy from week one you know 17 weeks of of chris mccaffrey will be nice a more motivated um debo samuel he Mm -hmm. admitted that you know he wasn't in the best shape and so uh i love his competitiveness and so it's going to be a tough team to compete against um and and they've got to They have, they've got to stay healthy, obviously, on the the offensive and defensive lines. And, um, and, and they they should naturally be a better football team this year. I think there's an opportunity for the 49ers to fall off a little bit in future seasons. You know, 2025 could look a lot different. You know, Kittle, uh, yeah, Trent, Trent Williams for sure. So, and when you're paying a lot of guys a lot of money, how, how much can you pay other players? And you got to pay a quarterback eventually too. And Brock Purdy's the guy he's going to get really expensive. So there's going to be a a shift for the 49ers coming up soon. So the windows now, uh, the window is 2023 and maybe 2024, 2025 I think is going to be a a super interesting time for the 49ers, but they're built to win right now. They've got a ton of talent as long as quarterback works out for them. And, you know, We, we named Jimmy Garoppolo instead of Jimmy G. We named him Jimmy W on Lockdown 49ers. All he does is win, right? And everyone talks about the QB wins and and his record as a quarterback. Go look at Nick Bosa's record when when he's on the field. Yeah, the right. so he's the most important player for the 49ers. And I talked yeah. about that depth, and, and I'll kind of bring it up again here. That's one player of the 40. He was Defensive Player of the Year. It's one player the 49ers can't afford to lose. So if their stars are healthy and quarterback isn't a disaster, they're going to be a really good football team.
0: We're getting close to being out of time, but give me give me a, a couple of storylines that you're really gonna be paying attention to during training camp.
1: Uh, I'm always excited. The training camps always about the young players, you know, seeing Javon Hargrave in the Niners u- uniform for the first time. I already saw a photo of him in, in the spring. I wasn't in any spring practices, and you know, you just see how thick he is and how built how low to the ground he is. And, and you're like, okay, he's he's that player, you know, not going to lose the leverage battle, and I just want to see what all these everyone looks really fast and big in college and then they get to the NFL, we've kind of seen this with Trey Lance it's like,
0: oh man, look how yeah.
1: dynamic of a runner he is, and you see him running, you're like, eh, kind of indecisive and not as fast as I expected yeah. maybe, and I think the 49ers might feel that way a little bit um, but, you know, Darrell Lute, or how long does he look in a in a 49ers uniform, Is how, how fast does Jair Brown look, right, does he look like super explosive, like Talano Hufanga did, did going downhill as a young player. Even when we didn't see the Hufanga we know now early mm-hmm. on, the way he triggers downhill is awesome. And then you see the rest of his game develop. And so um, you don't want to see a guy looks all of a sudden super small and slow compared to what you thought of him in college. So I always can't wait to see what the rookies look like. Um, obviously, I want to see what the quarterbacks look like, see how the ball's coming out of Trey's hands, seeing if he's accurate um I, I don't everyone talks about his delivery and his motion and his release and all that stuff i'm like i'm not a quarterback coach i'm not even going to go there i just want to yeah. see the results does he put right. does he put the ball with the right velocity in the right spot to the right receiver that's what i want to see so i want to see that accuracy come to fruition in practice and in uh in preseason games and uh and then of course whenever Sam Darnold's out there whenever Brock Purdy's out there what do they look like is Brock Purdy's arm strength better than it was is it worse than it was because he doesn't have a lot of room for error in getting (laughs) uh, a worse arm after that elbow surgery but there's talk that a lot of quarterbacks come back with the the tick stronger arm and Mm -hmm. that's huge for someone like Brock Purdy to fit some balls in that he he couldn't before um so yeah those are the things I'm looking at in offensive line as well I think there's a lot of good young players and a lot of competition for the uh the the reserve roles and especially the interior roles and hopefully Colton McKivitz is the is as good as the 49ers think because there's no backup plan uh, at right tackle. And again, Nick Bosa, Trent Williams, all the veteran days off you can find because they got to stay healthy this season.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I agree on, on all of those. Those are great storylines. One more question. The 49ers open the season in Pittsburgh against a really good defense that gets after the quarterback. We don't even know who that quarterback is going to be. So, are they coming out of their week one with a win?
1: This is a game they should win, and they're gonna be favored. And this is a sneaky, difficult game. Might be one of the, the might be the toughest game on the schedule, to be honest with you, for the 49ers, because uh mm-hmm. Kyle Shanahan's teams recently have struggled a little bit to start the season. We don't yeah. even know who the quarterback is gonna be yet for that football game. Uh TJ Watt, you know, along with Bosa, Miles Garrett, Micah Parsons, a couple of guys the best edge guys in the league. And guess what? Brand new starting right tackle. And that's the (laughs) side that TJ Watt rushes from against Colton McKibbitt. So right out of the gate, Colton McKibbitt's like, Hey, guess what? You're the new starter. You have to face freak after freak every single week, starting with another defensive player of the year guy in, uh, in TJ Watt. So that that's a tough game. And the Steelers are always tough. Going on the road is always tough. Um, They're, they're going to be met with, physicality and the 49ers want to bully people. So are they able to bully the Steelers? Um, Year two, Kenny Pickett, Matt and I, Matt Williamson, my co-host on Peacock and Williamson, um, former NFL scout, former ESPN scribe. He was actually one of the earliest uh, OG podcasters in the football world. And the ESPN didn't know what they do with their podcast. It was the most popular football podcast in the world. It's called Football Today. And he was doing that back in the day. If, if any old heads remember early podcasting. <laughs> and uh but he covers the Steelers he he lives in the Pittsburgh area and so we, we're gonna try to figure out what our bet is with Kenny Pickett versus Brock Purdy and his stance is look Brock Purdy was a nice story but man I would Kenny Pickett would kill to have Kyle Shanahan and uh and the weapons that that Brock Purdy had last year all humming at his disposal he's got some nice receivers but Matt Williamson hates Matt Canada the the offense coordinator for the Steelers so um <laughs> Yeah, we'll uh, We'll see what that ends up looking like. But that, that's a sneaky, tough game yeah. for the 49ers. And if they do, I don't want to say lay an egg because you don't want them to look terrible and outmatched. But if the game doesn't go exactly how 49ers fans hope and they go to Pittsburgh and maybe even take an L and come back, I don't think you should be making any sweeping judgments on the season mm-hmm. based on that one game because yeah. it's a little bit of a tough matchup out of the gate and the Pittsburgh Steelers are always a well-coached team and... Um, it's going to be a, a real early litmus test for the 49ers in week one. I can't wait for it.
0: And the Steelers seem to always win their opening day games. So that's that's another thing. But you know what? The 49ers have going for them. They're in going to be in Pittsburgh. Right down the road is West Virginia. That's where Colton McKibbitts is from. So hopefully that that homecoming for him back to his country area, maybe that'll give him that extra extra yeah, strength brian absolutely. thanks this has been fun tell us uh tell us where we can find you
1: yeah uh you can find me every day doing locked on 49ers and the peacock and williamson nfl show on youtube or any of your podcast apps and uh on twitter at bd peacock i'm on the threads thing now which is also at bd peacock so you can always uh hit me up there you can hit the comments on youtube as well and um, uh, yeah it was a pleasure to join you mark thanks for the invite
0: yeah, thanks for thanks for taking me up on it. It's been it's been by a the way. Hey,
1: sorry, before we go, where does the Camelot name come from?
0: You know, back in the 80s and 90s, Bill Walsh made a reference um to the 49ers being like Camelot. And then Eddie Debartolo mentioned it. Uh, Carmen Policy mentioned it. In fact, uh, at Forty Niners Web Zone, we're working on a uh, Roger Craig to the Hall of Fame podcast that's about to be released here in I'd say in a couple of weeks before the senior voters vote again. They just put Roger Craig in the top 32, I think, 31,
1: 32. Yeah. semi whatever that means. I don't know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So wow. we're supposed to have this in their hands or not in their hands, literally, but you know what I'm saying here soon where we interviewed Steve Young, Ronnie Lott, Carmen Policy, uh, several people like that. And Carmen in my interview with him, he even he even referenced Camelot in that, and so I heard him say that back in uh, when when Joe Montana retired and they had the retirement ceremony, um, Carmen Policy said something about uh, this was Camelot, and you know who our Sir Lancelot was, and yeah. so uh, uh, I, I think that uh, I, I think that Eddie DeBartolo may have even referenced Camelot uh, at Bill Walsh's public memorial. And so that's where the name came from. And, uh, so yeah, just kind of thinking back and, and referencing back to those, uh, those real, real glorious years.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. It's a, it's a great name. Fantastic story there too. And yeah, go Roger Craig rooting for him to get in the hall. And, uh, it's going to help someone like future Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. With his hall of fame votes as someone like Roger Craig in right. the hall of fame too. That's right. That's fantastic. And and keep creating that content, Mark. Uh, Keep slinging the tent. The the 49ers are the most well-covered team in the NFL, in my opinion.
0: That's true. And and the content creators are great. I've had some great people on my show. And uh, everybody's just been so welcoming and helpful. And so it's really been a lot of fun. So I think people like you, uh, who I know are really busy and in demand, thank you for for joining me and thank you for watching and for listening. Make sure to rate review and follow the 49ers Camelot show, uh, wherever you watch or listen and do the same thing with the locked on 49ers podcast. Thanks for joining us.